Welcome to the Closeness Podcast. The following is based on both personal experiences and wisdom, as well as personal experiences that have been contributed to us. Generalizations are sometimes made for the sake of brevity, but are never meant to exclude or offend. Regardless of your gender identity, relationship status, preferences, or sexual orientation, it's our sincere hope that you can take away something positive, constructive, and useful from each topic explored. You can support these podcasts by donating to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash closeness. Now, are you ready to come closer? Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of Deep Listening, the Oral Sex Edition. We covered a lot of territory in the last episode, and we're going to cover even more now. I want to jump back in by speaking directly to women about communication during sex and during oral sex. Now, I think there's a big stigma around talking or saying what you feel or expressing what you need during sex at the risk of maybe being embarrassed or ruining a moment or not feeling comfortable, any of these things. I'd like to emphasize to you just how important it is to communicate, especially in the beginning when you're first starting to have sex with someone so that they know. And the reason why is because we don't have your parts. We've got everything else, fingers, arms, legs, toes, nose, eyes, etc. But when it comes to the good stuff down below, there's just no way for a man to really know what you're feeling. We have to learn. Even the most dexterous among us and talented in the arena of cunnilingus or eating out, as it were, we are taking what we know from past experiences and what has worked with other women, and what has proven to be effective. But your sensitivity level is always going to be different from the next woman. Now, ask yourself if you're a woman, if you've ever said to another man, you don't know me, I'm not like all those other girls, I'm not like everyone else, and just how badly and how much you want to distinguish yourself from all those other women. It's a pretty strong desire, right? You want to feel special, you want to feel unique. Your body works the same way. It's not like every other woman. There are certain things that work, and if you stimulate an area enough in the right way, a girl is generally going to have an orgasm. But the way in which you like it is very important to communicate to your partner. Is it too firm or too soft? Is your clit extremely sensitive? Is there a region on this tiny little clit that you like to be kissed or teased or sucked on the best? Do you love excess amounts of teasing? Are you a little more masculine and you like your man to just get down to it? How can you express to him how you're feeling and what you need? This can happen quickly and right in the moment. There's no need for long conversations about it during sex, but a little guidance or even a gentle guide of the head or a suggestion or saying, can you use your fingers or putting his hand where it needs it is always helpful. You've just got to keep in mind, there's no way for us to ever fully understand what it's like to be you and what it feels like for you on the inside. When it comes to communication during oral sex, you need to remember, men are not mind readers. And frankly, neither are you, regardless of how well attuned your female intuition might be. So, we as a species are not mind readers, and in fact, might I strongly invite you to use this maxim for all of your communication and interactions with men. Now, at the same time, and to be fair, and you'll see a lot of this in this episode, there is nothing like being able to read a woman and giving her the gift of knowing her likes and her tastes and her preferences. 
It's something very special to offer, but it shouldn't be expected. I used to have a really special girlfriend who would say to me, you always know. And that made me feel so good. And I think it made her feel so good as well to know that I was so tuned into her that I was able to know what she likes. But with everything that builds with time, trust, respect, and involves a lot of focus. I think of that behavior as a bonus and a gift, but it shouldn't be an expectation. Because an expectation, when it doesn't get met, leads to disappointment, resentment, and frustration, and a total lack of communication. This is actually something that bears repeating and hearing in a different way. As women, you often expect your partner to know what you're going to like, for us to figure it out, and for us to figure it out for you. But sometimes you're not even sure what you like, so isn't that a bit of a tall order? Here's why I find it to be a pitfall and a very dangerous mistake to expect someone to know what you like. And that is because every single woman doesn't just like something a little bit different, but her entire neurology, physiology, and anatomy is made a little bit different. For example, each and every one of you has a very different clit size, a very different clitoral hood size, and a very different sensitivity on each of those areas. You've got different shaped vulvas and lips and even a different level of viscosity. That's right. The wetness even feels different. You've got different levels of tightness and depth, different locations of your G-spot, different nerve endings and different sensitivity levels, different tastes, different lip shapes, different terrain, different sensations on the inside and different ways in which their canal leads from one place to another. On top of all this, when it comes to what you actually like, we've got women out there who want to be literally pounded. And I'm purposely using strong language when I say this, but you can actually use an unbelievable amount of pressure when you're rubbing or caressing their clit. Almost like you're giving them a back massage and they're loving it and want more of it. And then you have women whose clits are so unbelievably sensitive that one tiny little touch or breath sends them through the roof. And these are just two extremes. Of course, we've got everything in between the most sensitive and the most unsensitive. Then to take things on a more serious note, we have women who have unbelievable trauma when it comes to looking at, touching, being inside of, or interacting with her down there. You have women who have been violated before and so therefore have strong associations about how you go about having sex with them that we have to be sensitive to. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we've got women where anything goes, but you've got a spectrum that is so, so broad. So can you see with that, does it make any kind of sense for a man to know what you like? How could he possibly know when the spectrum is so large without you telling him or sharing something first? The whole purpose of this podcast is for men to valiantly, chivalrously, respectfully learn the techniques and the ability to tune in to be able to sense these things in you. But it should never be expected. There is nothing like a woman who can say, can you go a little harder? Can you just a little to the left? Something that lets us know that we're pleasuring you in the right way. Isn't that intuitive? Telling us things that work for you so that we can do a better job? For people who are involved in long-term commitments or relationships, it's really nice to just workshop it. Workshopping, it means that you're doing a lot of oral and verbal checking in. 
Do you like this? Yes, a little harder. How's that? Oh, too much. Back off just a little bit. Can you use a finger? Okay, now the finger's too much. Take it out. Okay, let's try again, but softer and slower. There's this whole process that you can play with multiple times in your relationship if you're in one so that you can get to know your partner. And when you have a night where you workshop things, these aren't throwaway sessions. These are the most valuable learning experiences you can have that can really bring you closer to your partner. They might not be as hot or as big of a turn on, but for your future involvement, oh, it's wonderful. Now, the trick is twofold. Men, once you figure it out, do not use that every time for the rest of your life. You have to change it up and keep it interesting. And women, once you've shared this, then you can relax even more into yourself and let him explore and let him do your thing. So we already want to do our best, but communication is key when it comes to something as intimate as oral sex. And now I'll speak to the exact opposite of what I just said. It is possible to have never met a woman before, know nothing about her, and discover in short order what she likes, what turns her on, and what makes her spill over into a roaring orgasm. And that is deep listening. The one way that you can get there, the surefire way, is to start slow and gradually continue to work with more pressure or more intensity as you go along, but you never jump in full throttle. Why? Because you can't go back from that. You can't recover from losing trust. Trust is established by moving slow. At the same time, you want to maintain your masculinity, your confidence, your directionality, and your purpose. Lastly on this subject, my off-the-record opinion is even if a woman listens to this podcast and even if she says, hmm, that really makes sense, a man shouldn't be able to read my mind, even if she agrees to workshop it, still, still nevertheless, I believe that almost all women would prefer having you know and not having to show you or teach you or demonstrate or figure out for herself. She just wants you to know. And whether that's right or wrong, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing to you, this is the female nature. So knowing that men, it is one of the best things you can do to educate yourself, research, practice, discover, and learn before you come together again with your girl, which for instance could be done with private coaching, and get the techniques down so you don't have to ask as much. This doesn't take women off the hook. She should still be communicating with you and telling you but I do find in this department that it's always best to know as much as you can. Oof, how could I not add this last part in though? It's best to have experience so a woman does not have to ask so she can relax and enjoy herself. But then what's her question? Well, how many women have you been with? Why are you so good at this? How do you know how to do this so well? Do you do this to all the girls? How do I know that I'm special? Well... You can't have your cake and eat it too, women. If you want to be with a man who is dexterous and understanding and sensitive and knows how to turn you out, then you can't be deliciously satisfied at the same time as you are upset and frustrated that your man has a lot of experience or has women who want to experience the same thing with him. That comes part and parcel with having experience and giving you what you want. All right, there are some things that men do that women don't appreciate during oral sex, and let's talk about a couple of those now. Specifically, mm, there's never need to blow down there, like literally blow. Learning to do a little more than just spelling the alphabet, not being heavy-handed. We talked about oral and finger hygiene in the last episode. So let's touch on doing anything for an extremely short amount of time, like 5, 10, or 15 seconds. 
if you're eating a woman out or even having sex with her and you touch or lick her clit for a few seconds, how are you possibly going to know if that worked, if she liked it, if it caused any kind of response? And if she did like it, why would you stop? But if you do it so quickly, like you just rub on it for a moment or you lick there and then lick somewhere else, already you know it's going to take a woman two to ten times longer than it takes you to have an orgasm. you got to stick with it for a moment. Now, don't think for a moment that women are off the hook either. Women do this as well, where they continue with one stroke for about one or two seconds or one or two strokes and then immediately start doing something else. Sometimes even when you say, oh, that feels really good. And I think everyone needs to remember that sometimes a smooth, steady repetition is what helps to get you there. One of the easiest ways to give empathy or understanding to someone is to put yourself in their own shoes. You know how frustrating that can be, so don't do it to her. It's here in these moments that more than ever, taking your time is the right answer. Exploring and being curious, having an endless sense of curiosity is what's useful. So when you're trying something new and you're not getting a negative response, it's important to give it time. Do it for at least 30, 45 seconds, a minute, and see what type of feedback you're getting. Is she present, purring, moaning softly? Are her legs trying to close around you in a desirable way or does it seem like she doesn't want you down there is she looking at you are her eyes closed is she wincing or frowning or does her face look soft and delicate and receptive is she in a heightened state of arousal is she breathing softly or heavily or moaning softly is she panting and feel free to say do you like this do you like that does that feel good do you want something different because sometimes the squirming around isn't a sign of not liking it or not wanting it though it can be it can also be a sign of intensity or something that tickles, or something that's so intense that it's hard for her to take, even though it feels really good. I've shared before that I grew up thinking that women are the species who share more and who are able to communicate more, express what they're feeling more, and I find that often to be not the case. So when you're down there, you can give her simple questions that she can answer, since oftentimes women don't speak English when they're turned on. Since she's not going to say, yes, please lick at two o'clock on the upper right quadrant in my clitoris, that's where I like it best, you can give two options, slower or faster, harder or softer. Do you like the way this feels? Things that don't require too much thinking that allow the person to stay focused on the matter at hand. I mean the matter at mouth. For me, a lot of deep listening has to do with your perspective and your mentality going into things and how you handle yourself during really intimate moments like this. For instance, I never look at oral sex as a favor or a preliminary to get to sex, something that I need to do or should do, or just need to quickly get over with so that I can have sex with someone. It's something that is more like a buffet or a feast or a main event. And for it to be that way, for you to be able to experience that with a woman, you need to feel a strong level of attraction to all sorts of things. Her grooming habits, the way she smells, the way she carries herself, the way her body looks, you should like all of it because already a woman is very self-conscious about the way she looks to begin with. So if you're not fully into it, it just doesn't work well. But if you do love it, if you do love her taste, oh my God. To look up in her eyes while you're tasting her and giving her kisses and just ravishing her and making her feel so open and wanting to give herself to you. Tasting her essence, what she's made of, giving her a kiss so that she knows what she tastes like. Things can get very, very intense. Deep listening is about giving her all the time in the world. 
What's the opposite of that? Rushing. It's not even a thought. There's no pressure to orgasm. There's no pressure to pretend. And there's no hurry to get there. You want each taste and lick and tongue stroke to bring her to a new place of pleasure. Deep listening is about finding out what works best. Is it one, two, three fingers or none at all? Is it only kissing her clit first and then working one or two or three fingers in? Is it a G-spot orgasm that she likes or something further up and more penetrative? Is it something very, very repetitive and soft or is it very intense? Some women like to have their clit softly sucked on while you finger them firmly and strongly and some women like to have their clit softly sucked on while you don't touch them at all on the inside. I've even had friends share with me that the way they love for a man to eat them out is completely different than the way they'd like a woman to kiss them down there. For example, and along the lines that we've been talking about, when a man's down there, she wants him to be more certain, more decisive. Whereas if it's a woman, she wants to experience her as being more gentle and feminine, almost timid, almost glancing up shyly at her. She wants a man to also use his fingers, but a woman to only use her mouth and tongue. That same type of teasing and playfulness and shyness that you think of in women. One woman expressed that her preference when it comes to a woman is that she'd like her to almost be looking up at her saying, is this okay, what I'm doing to you? That same timidness, that uncertainty is exciting. She wants to be swallowed in that soft feminine energy that is so similar to hers. So it's interesting to know and hear this stuff because it emphasizes that as men, keeping and retaining our masculinity, our strength, our decisiveness, our directionality, and our healthy forms of dominance is what in fact women report to like and enjoy the most. Women are so amazingly fortunate in their ability to have orgasms and what their bodies can do and what they're capable of. It's, again, like a buffet. So deep listening is about figuring out each one and also not adhering to the same one over and over again. It's also about knowing and feeling when the emotional climate may change and when a no comes up. That no means no and needs to be honored, especially in an intimate situation like this and if you are just doing this for the first few times with someone new. And this could be interesting territory for some men who are new to this to navigate, where you might assume that simply because you've started doing something with a woman or to a woman and she's enjoying it and doing it with you, that at any moment, again, especially in today's climate, that can change. And this can be a challenging and sticky spot for men to be in because we have to both continue to want to be turned on and be excited by our partner and also be sensitive to the fact that at the same time, something could shift or change and she may no longer have the desire to interact with you on this level and we have to navigate the safest and sweetest way to bring the whole thing to a close. But you know, this can also happen to a man where he suddenly isn't in the mood to continue having sex. And it really falls on both people to have tact, consideration, and empathy when you're communicating what you need when it's time to stop. It's very easy when we talk about things as sensitive as this to make the whole thing only and exclusively about the woman. And for the most part, that's understandable, and I think that's true. But I think, you know, if you are a woman and you're in a situation with someone where you're not sure that you want things to go this far, it really is best to just not have them go that far. 
stick with kissing or cuddling or whatever you're doing beforehand or even regular sex so that you can have a great experience all the way through. As you know by now, I'm a big proponent of putting yourself in someone else's shoes. It really does take two, and I don't think there's anyone on the planet who doesn't appreciate someone who considers their partner's feelings as well as just their own. So gently steering away from those lines, let's talk about environment and some of the nice things that you can do that lend themselves to a woman wanting to have this experience with you and stay present with you throughout the whole thing. Through my own personal experiences in life, I found most women to deeply, deeply enjoy oral sex. However, that doesn't mean it's the easiest thing in the world to receive. It's a big ask for a woman to feel comfortable while lying there on her back exposed while you're eating her out. This is why it's nice to have ambiance, pillows for her to relax into or snuggle up to, candles lit, dim lights, clean soft sheets. Things that make the experience comfortable are always going to lend themselves to a better, more sexual experience. Setting a mood with ambiance is everything. And you can do it with candles. You can do it by drawing the blinds closed partly. Even if no one can see in, you know, there's a time when I lived in the Hollywood Hills and I had this incredible view of the city. No one is looking through the master bedroom window. I mean, it's just miles and miles away. And so 24-7, I just left the drapes and blinds open. But but once in a while, there'd be this concern of like, don't we want to close the blinds and drapes? And it's <laughs> so it's something to consider that a woman's comfort level is different than yours. But women... You can also be conscientious of men as well. For instance, if you're someone who feels like you need to do it in the dark, like the pitch dark, where he has no idea who you are or what you look like, he could pretty much be doing it with anyone. You could be someone totally anonymous. And men are so visual and love being able to look at you and admire you, and that's what turns us on. You're really killing the mood if you want to do it with blackout shades and the lights out. So finding a happy medium can be really nice. Let's take a little time to discuss how you actually talk about oral sex with your partner, the type of vocabulary and words that you use. Throughout this whole episode, I've been using different expressions when I refer to oral sex so that you can see how you feel when you hear it. Wording is an extremely sensitive subject. We all know this. There are words that make us cringe, words that we can't stand hearing, or words that completely turn us off in an instant, sometimes without any reason or rationale. I think of myself as a very open-minded man, and yet there are words that completely turn me off and words that I can't stand when a woman uses them around me, and we'll talk about some of those a little later. But for right now, know that the wrong word can turn her off in a heartbeat, and at the same time, speaking about oral sex, dirty talk in the right way, and using descriptive vocabulary that excites her can be one of the most exciting things in the world especially when it comes to building up female anticipation for sex and orgasm. Much like teasing, it works better when you start on the outside and work your way in towards the center. Same thing with words. You want to start more towards the general or classier terms, words that allude to or suggest before diving into telling her that you want to put her up against a wall and have your way with her from behind. When it comes to name-calling, this subject is extremely subjective, so I'm going to give you plenty of options. I'm going to share some of my favorites and my preferences, and you might find that you feel the complete opposite or that you've got something that you much prefer. I once had a girlfriend from the Eastern Bloc who absolutely refused to refer to her sexual anatomy in 
any way, shape, or form that called it by its name. It had to be her lotus. She referred to <laughs> she would refer to it as this flower that blossomed when it was near me, and it was only a divine flower. She actually got frustrated if I referred to it as anything else. Now, here's the interesting thing. As you get to know someone and you listen to them and you please them and you pleasure them, you can open them to new possibilities. So that's how it was at the beginning. And then by the end of our relationship, I was able to call her by her name. To my great pleasure and surprise, a word that she had previously associated with something that turned her off, namely the word pussy, by the end of our relationship, she was all in when I used it. So some fun ways to tell a girl what your intentions are might be to say, I would love to taste you. I don't want to stay in. I'm kind of feeling like eating out tonight. Or I'm really curious to know what you taste like down there. I've been thinking about going down on you. I can't wait to put my lips on your lips. I would love to turn you out, twist you out, turn that cherry out, eat you out, turn that hot little ass out. You get the gist here, yes? And then if none of this is working... Please just step behind her, put your mouth close to her ear and whisper into there all of these sweet nothings and watch. Similarly, I'll share that I have my preferences and I think that most men and women are turned off by clinical terminology, such as penis and vagina. I think as mature adults, it's fine to talk about it in a public setting that way. When you're referring to it or you're speaking of a woman's vagina, it's appropriate in conversation if you're speaking about that sort of thing. For me personally, if I have to choose between the word penis, cock, or dick, I much prefer the word cock. I think dick sounds so unattractive to me. I haven't been able to hear it in a way where I find it particularly exciting. I actually find it almost to sound a little disrespectful in nature. And I'm an open-minded guy. Dick. What is this dick? So much better is sound than cock. So you're definitely going to come across women who aren't comfortable with the word pussy. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you'll come across women who are super comfortable with the word pussy, twat, and you better believe it, even cunt. You don't know what you're getting into until you get into it. You can even have a conversation about it before you say these things, like when you're out to lunch or out to dinner you know, times when it seems appropriate to discuss eating out. Sometimes a woman's response, however, isn't as obvious as you'd like it to be. So some women will wince, squint their eyes, and almost pull back when you say certain words, and some, they won't have any effect at all, and it won't be readily apparent. So really cueing in and just being able to ask questions. How did that land on you? How did you feel when I said that? What words are you comfortable with when you talk about oral sex? There is an entire spectrum of women out there who range from, do not ever say this word to me. Don't talk about it, just do it. We mustn't speak about that which must not be named. All the way up to the most explicit language you can imagine. There's an old expression, what's in a name? And to that I would answer, absolutely everything. I want to circle back around to the subject of surgeries and body alteration, any type of thing that you do to yourself to change or enhance, in your opinion, the appearance of how you look, especially down below. 
Nothing is more unattractive to me than a man or a woman who tells another woman that she should get a boob job or some sort of surgical enhancement. I am and have always been a proponent of natural over fake. I'm always a fan of a clean face over a made-up one. I'm a much bigger fan of no surgery versus surgery, and I want to especially emphasize that point as a man, from a man's perspective, that this idea of vaginal rejuvenation or altering the size of your lips down there or trimming them so they look more appealing is just crazy to me. That is the most sensitive area of your body, the most intimate. And just like you know as women, you find some men attractive who are overweight. Sometimes women love teddy bear style bodies or a hairy guy or a not hairy guy or hair on the chest or not or beard or not or clean or not. You know, women, that you have so many tastes. And likewise, there are men who also, even if it's not the norm, have very different tastes who will accept you for just the way you are. It's so important to not alter yourself to please anyone else because there are plenty of people out there who will find you attractive just the way you are. And at the same time, it's okay for all of us to have our own individual preferences and likes when it comes to what turns us on. And if you aren't someone's preference, you certainly have the choice to not engage with them. And I don't think when we identify what we don't like, should engage with people who are not to our preference. It sounds obvious and silly, but I think we do it all the time. We wind up with people that we know we don't like. I'm really on this kick about not having sex with people who you aren't very attracted to, who you feel great chemistry with, and you like the way they smell and taste because... It doesn't serve either one of you otherwise. It might be temporarily fulfilling or great for an hour or so, but I think we all know deep down it's not what you really want. You might have noticed that on this episode there's been a lot of bouncing back and forth to what I'll call both sides of the subject stick, something that is this way but is also that way, giving both opposing sides and showing how they both could be right. And so too, I want to give voice to the fact that there are many women in the world who you can just go down on without any issue and have a really wonderful time, where they think of it as something that's just hot or just that they love or love to watch and love to see you do, where there's no issue. They don't have a hang-up about sex. They love it. They welcome it. These are the women who maybe don't need to hear any of this two hours of in-depth exploration. They could take all of this, maybe throw it out the window and say, would you just shut up and go down? And you know what to do if you hear that. But in order to follow through on that promise, you need to know a thing or two about positions. Let's face it. The vagina is in a very, very awkward position to be enjoyed as the delicacy that it is with her lying on her back, you lying on your stomach, and just trying to go about it from there. You're going to kink your neck, your fingers and your shoulders are going to get tired, your jaw might get tired, the position might get uncomfortable, and you have to find a more suitable and elegant way to address this subject if you want to do it for a sustained period of time. It's very easy to lay there for the woman, but as a man or whoever else is eating you out, you have to be a little more creative. So a couple suggestions if they haven't come to you already. Number one, moving to the edge of the bed and you being on the floor or to the edge of the sofa and you being on the floor. This way, she can bend her knees and tuck her feet up just right under the edge of the bed or sofa or even on your shoulders, or you can open her legs and hold them open for her and this will give you a much better viewing and sampling angle to enjoy. 
Number two, you can prop her hot ass up onto something such as a couple of pillows or a yoga bolster or folded blankets or what have you so that you have everything you need right in front of you. Certainly this isn't an exhaustive list, but for the acrobatically inclined, you can do it while she's in a headstand or a handstand or being suspended by her thighs or on some sort of an inversion table or by having a girlfriend generously supporting her up in the air by her thighs, thus allowing you to go down whilst standing up. For full details, see my published works. Then, of course, something that's a little more tame but even more hot than that is having her get on her hands and knees and then you working it from the back. Then, if you're feeling creative the way I do, you can slide your hands underneath her butt, one hand on each cheek, and prop her up onto your elbows, holding her almost like in a bicep curl, and then eat your heart out. Having the right position is crucial for a man. This is why men stop after a few minutes. In fact, let me encourage you women... Why don't you suggest that he makes himself more comfortable or slips into a different position that would be a little easier on his neck or gently hold his head down there to show him that you'd like him to stay or simply say, can you stay down there a few more minutes? I was really starting to enjoy that. It seems so simple. And also for men, it seems so simple to just directly communicate what you want. That's a little rough. Can you go softer? That's a little too soft. I can't quite feel that. Can you go a little firmer? Would you use a finger or two or three? Would you use a toy or a vibrator or your tongue with my toy? Simple requests like this make a huge difference. And especially women, if you can really hear this, you deserve, of course, to have this pleasure. And there's nothing wrong with asking for what you want. Both men and women need to practice asking for what we want. It is hard to do. By the way, I'm speaking to the people who have a hard time asking for what they want, not for demanding, entitled, arrogant, selfish people who always just demand what they want and think the world revolves around them. But for most of us, when it comes to this sort of thing, we almost feel guilty or bad to say, hey, can you go a little softer, slower, whatever the request is, because we already feel like someone's doing us a favor by doing this. And it shouldn't be a favor. It needn't be a favor. It can be something so enjoyable for both people. Lastly, remember men, 80 to 95% of women need some sort of clitoral stimulation for them to reach orgasm. That means you almost need to treat their clit like your cock. That's where the pleasure zone is. That's where they have most of the sensation, as odd as it seems, not inside of them. Although, although... Plenty of women have vaginal orgasms, and you could get them there just as easy once you understand a lot of deep listening and techniques. But when you're eating out, it's really nice to understand how your girl's clit works. A clit has very similar physiology to a penis. It has a shaft, it has a sensitive part, the tip or the head, and it even has a hood or foreskin to it as well. All of these parts are sensitive, but you can think of the clit as a highly concentrated pleasure zone where you can also tease as well. So the more time you spend on the outside with your tongue or your lips licking or kissing around her hood or above her clit a little bit, before coming to the center, that can be a good thing as well, but you have to figure out, is she sensitive there or not? Some women like direct throbbing, pulsing, sucking, licking pressure right smack directly on their exposed clit, and for other women, that will be way, 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 way too much stimulation. Some have a certain area of their clit that's most sensitive, and it's not always directly on it. 
that's what I was talking about earlier, where I was saying you don't always need to hit it head on. That's not going to be the most stimulating thing the way it would be for a man. It's about taking things to the outer edges, working in and seeing what's what. For such an itsy bitsy tiny little thing, there certainly is an enormous amount of ways that you can explore her. There's likely so much uncharted territory on the woman that you are with right now that I hope this leaves you hungry for days. Days and days. I hope that hearing this inspires you to give more pleasure to your partner if you are a woman on the receiving end of this, that you too are inspired to share what you like with the man and to give back to him. And a simple sentence or two or three goes so far towards letting us know how we can pleasure you better. Women, I also recommend getting to know your pussy. How did you feel when I said that? Let's try it this way. Women, I also recommend that you enjoy getting to know your vagina. Women, I also recommend that you take some time to get to know your lady parts down below. Maybe you use a mirror. Maybe you use your cell phone, which is the easiest way. Make a video. See what it's like down there. Understand what's what, because the more you understand yourself, the better you can communicate what you like and need to your partner. While you're at it, give yourself a taste. Know what you taste like and know what the man who is doing these things to you is going through. Are you happy with your taste? Is it sweet? Is it mildly salty? Why not also get a toy that you like or explore different options for a toy? Because, as you know as a woman, part of what makes sex so enjoyable for you or having someone on the inside is that pressure, that coziness, that closing of the gap. It's nice to have something that's either still or consistently moving in and out of you or even vibrating. You can explore vibrators, smooth sculpted glass, not necessarily from Venice or Murano, all sorts of little enhancers and stimulators that can help get you there. Both men and women can be aware of how they're showing signs of arousal and increasing that. Some people, when they experience pleasure, simply lie there and you're not sure if anything else is going on. I find that with women, it's more of like a focus that you seem to be in, focusing on letting the pleasure build and really feeling it getting out of your head, being in your body. And so if you notice that, men continue to do soothing things for her, such as caressing her thighs, stroking her stomach. And from time to time, I think the occasional check-in is very helpful and sometimes necessary. Are you loving this? How does that feel? Would you like anything different or is this perfect just the way it is? And women, I've got to say directly, speak up, my dears. Say something. Don't assume that just because your toe twitched that the man knows that you're hating what he's doing. Just speak up and say how you're feeling nicely. Say anything that's useful to your pleasure. If he's doing a great job, let him know. Show him. Tell him how good it feels that he's doing what he's doing. You're not always going to be with a well-trained professional, so you should learn to ask for what you like. It's really, really worth it and only going to help both of you in the end. Mm, and by all means, don't fake orgasms, for goodness sake. Just stop doing what you're doing or put your hand down there or change into a different position or ask for something else. Let him know that you're ready to stop now or you can say, can we take a break, etc., etc. But faking orgasms, my God, 
how did this ever come about as a regular occurrence for people? Since we're on the subject of sharing both sides, I myself have done it. I have faked an orgasm or two or three over the course of my life. And for very good reason, namely, usually the girl was hellbent or insistent on wanting me to come. And if I'm not in the mood or don't want to, I don't feel like I should. And sometimes that's not enough of an explanation. So girls can be a little pushy and insistent or their ego or them feeling good depends on it. We've all been there. Am I right, girls? But it's best practice to not do that. If you're done or you're not having fun, it's really easy for you to change the subject, the position, the environment, for you to gently bring things to a close, for you to just articulate that you don't want to continue anymore, or you would like him to finish up, or you feel like you're done for the evening. These are all things we are allowed to do in the world of intimacy. Or better yet, maybe you don't want to stop. Maybe you just need a different position or a different angle or you want to ride the top. Or maybe you just need to introduce him to your little vibrating friend that's underneath your bed. Anything but faking it. This is one of the few cases where I think fake it until you make it does not apply. Finally, remember that nothing quite works magic on a woman the way that teasing her does. And that she can never get enough of this. And that there really is no length you as a man will get tired of teasing her before she gets tired of being teased. And similarly, the way I've teased you with an hour-long program on oral sex, we've also only gotten to the tip of the iceberg of techniques, maneuvers, and ways to interact with a woman that really send her over the edge. If you'd like to get in on that, please see the website for private and personal coaching. And listen, if you're getting extraordinary results and her pleasures through the roof, what better way for both of you to show your appreciation than by contributing to my Patreon? Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this immensely. You can learn more about the closeness lifestyle and movement by visiting getcloseness.com. If you've been touched by what you've heard here today, or this has made a measurable difference in the quality of your life or sex life, or if you'd like to get one of your own intimate questions answered on an upcoming episode of the Closeness Podcast, please consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash closeness. All of these links can be found in the description. Until next time, stay close.